right, everybody, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Hockey Princess Show. I'm your host, Angela, and I brought along a special guest again, Krusty Old Guy. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Krusty Old Guy. And I'm glad Angela remembered that, you know, it's the fourth episode. Yeah. Looks like that was a struggle there. We're, we're losing track. We, we just have so many now. <laughs> we're, we're losing track. Um, so right now it is June 28th, so it's right after the first round of the draft. So by the time this comes out, we'll be halfway through probably the third or the fourth round. So if our predictions are a little off, it's because we did this before rounds two through seven. Um, and you could tell by the way, you know, our predictions went and the way the first round went, you just never know. You really never know. Really, we didn't know for the first round, so that's what we'll be talking about today. It'll be mainly kind of first round talk, a little bit of free agency, a little bit of what that looks like for the Hawks Saturday and during the off season, and that's pretty much it. And then I will do a, another episode. You guys don't have to wait until next week. I'll probably have another episode out either Sunday or Monday and it will be the second half of the draft and anything regarding free agency if anything exciting happens for the Hawks or not exciting happens for the Hawks this weekend. So, but let's get into first night of the draft, which just ended like 45 minutes ago. Okay. Any opinion, surprises, disappointments, yeah, overall they're... feelings about tonight? Got overall feelings. Uh, what are your on. overall feelings, not regarding the Hawks, just how you think first night of the well, draft went? Well, as far as the Hawks, we're, we're lighting a victory cigar, so yeah, you know, we, we we figured tonight was a victory. I thought it was a double victory, but we'll get into that later. So you're asking me any surprises? Um, yeah, any surprises? I guess my first surprise would be my guy went number six. And for those who don't know or don't remember from last week, crusty old guy's guy that uh -huh. he's referring to is Dmitry Simashev going to the Arizona Coyotes. He was definitely, definitely early on projected to go in the second and has been kind of rising the closer that the draft day has been approaching. But I still think it was a shock that he went as early as he did. Yes, I uh, I had it to where I thought uh, he would definitely be available for the Hawks' second pick at 19. Mm -hmm. But he is a complete hockey player. Questions about his offensive side of the game, which I think once he's surrounded by talented players, I don't think that'll be an issue. He does it all. No, but it might be an issue for Arizona to find some talented defensemen. Well, even Arizona, they've you know they're going to have talented players, and it's more than he's playing with. In right the now. KHL, so. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the first one. Um, I definitely think Carlson going to Anaheim yes. is a huge one. So, for those, if you're questioning what we're referring to, so top three were kind of pretty much locked in, or so we all thought. Bedard going to Chicago, which he did. Fatilli expected to go to Anaheim, and Carlson expected to go to Columbus. Anaheim ends up picking Carlson, leaving Fatilli for 
Columbus. And even though it's just a little flip-flop, it's still definitely a shocker. I don't think anybody saw that. I know a lot of people were thinking that Anaheim was maybe going to go sideways. Maybe. But I think everyone pretty much assumed at the end of the day that they, Anaheim was going to lock in Fatilli. Yeah, I mean... The word on the street was Fatilli all the way until the last couple of days. And then you started hearing about rubblings that Verbeek, you know, might go a different direction. And, um, you know, you've got a lot of uh, GMs like uh, Iserman with the Dead Wings and everything who, who are old timers and value things a certain way and love the way that the Swedes progress through their through their league there. Mm-hmm. So I think he was looking at it in two years, he might get a more complete centerman out of the Carlson kid than he would have Fentelli. So, but it wasn't until like the last couple of days you started hearing rumblings. I still didn't think it would happen. I, and Fentelli is an he's unbelievable. He's a dynamite guy. He's, he's a hell of a product. And he's also one of those heartbreak kids who, you know, at money time will, will shine. So mm-hmm. that was... You're right. That one was uh, that one was a little wild, wacky. I mean, I still think both picks are going to work out for their res- respective teams. I'm intrigued to see. I mean, I was intrigued to see how Fatilli lined up with the rest of the younger guys in Anaheim, but I think I'm even a little bit more intrigued now to see how Carlson fits in. To, I mean, because Anaheim's got a decent amount of young forwards, and kind of how he fits in with all of them. Yes. But, um, I don't know, with Anaheim, uh, there's the possibility Zegris doesn't stay at center the whole time. Um, you have Carlson, who will definitely be a centerman, and McTavish, who will definitely be a centerman. Love McTavish. So, uh, you're talking, you know, I would assume at some point in time you, you make the swing to Zegris playing on the wing, and which probably works out well. Little and less wouldn't deep. that would that be wrong? Like, would that be a bad thing? No, it's never a bad thing. I mean, everybody, you know, all of your talented players play center in the minor, in the lower levels, and mm-hmm. then they get you know put to wing depending on how they can actually handle the NHL game, which is just a little bit bigger. It's a little bit rougher, and you know, you you need some size. You know, the Vegas Golden Knights taught you that again. That you know, size matters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Zegers is not a small guy, but he's not a big guy either. And again, uh, you're looking at, you know, Carlson who will be a complete 200-foot player. Carlson's a big dude mm-hmm. for those who haven't seen him. Yeah, and I've got my problems with Zegers playing a 200-foot game and, a, you know, in every shift game. But we won't get into that. Yeah. But if we're, uh, I guess the next thing of drama that we had was Mitchkoff. was of course the Russian yeah yeah so um you know there was rumors he could go as high as the Sharks and go probably no further than the Capitals yeah because the Capitals aren't going to pass on a Russian there was also a lot of drama for those who didn't scroll through Twitter every 30 seconds like I did this week um there's also a lot of drama that, you know, nobody could find Mitchkoff. 
Mitchkov wasn't meeting with a ton of people. He was being pretty selective with teams and just a lot of people had a hard time finding him. So it also really begged the question of where he was going because from a team perspective, you're not really going to want to draft a guy that you can't, that you haven't met with. I mean, unless you're Kyle Davidson last year drafting Cora Nazar. Um, but there was, there was some drama with that. There was some, I think for a while, Montreal was the only one that said that they had talked to him. Um, but yeah, like Krusty old guy said, he was supposed to go anywhere between four and eight, San Jose being four, Caps being the eighth pick. He ends up going to Philly. He looks miserable in a Flyers jersey. I do have to say that poor kid. But you know who? Who knows? Maybe you know the contract keeps getting extended. Well, you know, we can all have our funny takes on it. I, I don't see him coming to Philadelphia as long as they have their coach in place. But you know, I could be wrong again. Uh, Referring Mishka? to John Tortorella. Uh, Mitch Koff, you know, also, you know, maybe some of this was just a play. I I would assume ideally he wanted to go to Washington. That's where the grade eight is. Um, you know, as far as his contract, he's three years in the KHL, but it's a contract. That team could let him go in a year and say, listen, we're going to give you permission. I would assume from a complete Russian standpoint, that would have happened had he gone to Washington. I would have believed even the government might have stepped in and made sure that kid went to the NHL and at least played with the grade eight for a year or two. Yeah. So a lot Which of, would have been really cool to watch, honestly. Yes. yes. So I, I think this was positioning by him and to seeing maybe if he could drop to that. His talents are supposed to be off the charts. He is just, from what I am... What I hear, as far as the talent level, he's just a tiny bit behind, behind Bedard, but he's he's the second most talented guy in the draft. But when do you get him? And if you get him, that's that was his problem. So that was the other drama that played out. Um, and then, you know, with Mitch Coffey had the ability to go past the Arizona Coyotes table on his way up. So, you know, who one of the teams that passed on him. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what kind of you know what kind of zest that brings if whenever he does come to the NHL, which hopefully at the longest will be in his three years because right. he's a talented player. He needs to play with the best. Right. Um. Let's see. Got a couple of others. The more drop more dropping as far as he did definitely surprised me. Same yes. with. And same with Benson. I know a lot of the reason why Benson dropped was mainly size. And it seemed like the kind of teams before that passed on him either had a ton of small guys or were really looking for, like, picking one of the defensemen. But more dropping as far as he did and Benson dropping as far as he did. Definitely. I didn't expect it to be that big of a drop. Although with the more one, I'll take it because, you know... He's now a Chicago Blackhawk prospect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Benson was expected to go maybe as high as five. He ends up going 13. 
uh, to a good place, Buffalo, which is an up-and-coming team. Again, you know, there's there wasn't a question, there wasn't any question about his heart or how hard he plays the game. It was more of a size thing, right? And um, that's out of his control right. to a point. But also, you look where he's going. Buffalo's got a lot of big forwards. Yeah. So. You know, and your line really, you know, as long as you've got one big guy, you're okay. one decent sized guy, you're okay. You, you don't have to have three huge guys. Mm-hmm. That's for darn sure. And, um, yeah, the more one it was a gift. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it, but it definitely, I don't think anybody was expecting it. No. Um, and so. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I am sure... And Kyle but, Davidson said he wasn't expecting <coughs> it. Right. <laughs> I am sure it was down to the Moore kid, Barlow, and uh, maybe Perot. Mm-hmm. Or the Stenberg kid. Those were the year four at 19 that you were looking at. Right. Uh, you know, the Perot kid, I... You know, I the like question him. is about Moore's... Um, how big he is, but uh, I don't think he's much smaller than the Perot guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why that would have been that big of a problem, at least to me. Um, I'm extremely happy with the pick. Yeah. Um, it did look like Barlow uh, was maybe going to be a Blackhawk, but Winnipeg uh, swept in at 18 and took him. And those of you who didn't watch the draft or whatever, and Barlow goes up there and he already looks like a man. He's got like a full beard and, <laughs> you know. Uh, He's ready to go. Uh, one of the my, my people that I talked to, go, you know, reminded them of Brandon Saad. Just where he's, he's already coming in at almost full man, which is nice. Yeah. Um, you know, the other picks before... Uh, uh, the Hawks went. You had your you had your butt. Your, yeah, your butt went early. The butt went early. Yeah. So um, he went twelve. He's a little bit of a project, but a huge, huge player. But Arizona's got the time. Yes, Arizona's definitely has the time. Um, gosh, I, I I feel bad for him. I really wish that. Uh, stadium deal would have went through for them um now you know you're talking about moving or something move to quebec city they don't want to move to quebec city i don't know but quebec wants a hockey team you've seen the inside of the rempart stadium it's the size of the uc and that is that is a q league team and that place is built like a stadium and it's sold out all the time well they'd be down for some hockey i don't think it's happening i don't know where I don't they know, end it's up it's not but, happening but because i don't get uh, what I you want. know I, I believe we talked about this a little bit houston maybe atlanta blah 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 down somewhere in the south um you know the beauty of that thing is they don't have to pay for their team the team just moves because the next one you know ain't gonna be cheap but uh, let's get back to the draft. Back to the draft. Um, Danielson surprised me. Detroit's first one. I knew he was projected to go in the first, 
but I definitely wasn't expecting that high. Yeah, he's another one who um, was all over the place, yeah. but had rave reviews. Yeah. So, and again, you know, Iserman built the Tampa Bay, so, you know, he gets, he gets a lot of passes. And he's going to get a lot of pa- passes up in Detroit. Yeah. But uh, Danielson's one that needs to work out. Detroit really needs these players to work out. The, the Zadina pick hurt them, so. Mm-hmm. But maybe they move him and, and get some more NHL talent. Like Alex Dabrinkit. That way, yeah. Like Alex Dabrinkit. So, uh, let's see. The Wood Kid. The Wood Kid was taken by Nashville. Uh, who could be just become a power play specialist or could be come a premier uh, right wing. Yeah. Uh, you know, not looking forward to playing against him. Not looking forward to playing against him, but he's got skating issues and everything. Um, I mean, and, most of these guys, I feel like in the notes, have some sort of note that they have skating issues. They're 17, 18. Yeah. Who doesn't have skating issues at 17, 18 that isn't Connor Bedard? True story. Uh, let's see if we go around and then... V-Lander going to Vancouver. That one hurt a little bit. Yeah, I was, <laughs> uh, I was really hoping he would slide, but, you know, you have a 6'1 right-handed defenseman who can that skate can really well and knows the perfectly game. perfectly with Hughes. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to expect him to fall a lot. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, Vancouver's got their issues. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they've got a lot of work to do Yeah. as far as getting their cap compliant now, but they still have to sign some other people. So right. they probably have a tiny bit more dealing to be done. Hey, a step ahead of us. I don't, we're not cap compliant right now. No, but they'll be. It's easy to become cap compliant <laughs> just to get to the cap floor. Yeah. You just got to, you know, overpay some old people like they just did. Which we'll get to in a couple minutes. Yeah. Let's see. There was one other pick that... Oh, the Easton... Yeah. The Easton Cowan? Mm-hmm. Uh, for right Toronto. For, for Toronto. That was... Uh, he was in, like, the 50s on boards or the 40s. He was taken with Toronto's first pick. And uh, I kind of think he was a scout pick because they let their head scout walk to the podium and that's usually a sign saying all right we're gonna give you all of the attention on this and we're also if this doesn't work out blaming you you get the blame (laughs) um so that was i think about the only other really there was one you've got the list uh one of st louis's the linston yeah yeah but he wasn't he was he was a little bit he was a little bit down there Let's see where where we had him at, or at least not when I say we. I really only look at the elite prospect one, which looks like he was down there. Yeah. Let's see. I know I had to turn the page. <laughs> she knows she had to turn the page. That means he was in the forties. Yeah, he's down there. I don't still see him. Well, he had to have been. Hmm. Well, I cannot find him. I don't want to waste our time looking for him, so. That was definitely one 
that was a little bit out there, but I feel like St. Louis had the ability to be out, be out there for at least one of their picks. They had three picks in the first round. With that many picks, you're given the opportunity to swing for at least a maybe with one of them. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, you, you don't like the blows because, you know, they're St. Louis, but uh, right. they're the another blows. team that... um. You know, did the right thing. They they thought maybe they could squeak into the playoffs, but if they squeak into the playoffs, they still weren't going to make any noise. So they made trades and ended up with three first-round picks. That's how you stay ahead of things in this league. It's when you hang on and you end up screwing yourself because at some point in time, and the Hawks will be there probably in four or five years, you're going to need to start to trade good players to restock for cheaper young ones. Is that any animals back here? No. We're also in the backyard with a fire. And the cigar. You know, some people got to work, but but I crusty old guy doesn't. So yeah. we're out hanging out. Um, let's see. And, Which and, I don't think KD has a problem doing that. No, it's all it's all about understanding what you have in the pipeline. And you have who do you who are they going to be replacing? Right. And you have to identify who you're going to pay your top dollars to, and other ones that are going to command top dollars that you don't want to pay. Those are the ones you, you're going to need to move to restock. But you can't move them unless they're somewhere in the system. Right. So, um, getting back to the first round. The other thing that I really liked or shows me what good teams do good things is, uh, you know, the Avalanche were the 31st pick and Vegas had the 32nd pick. Both of them came away with very good hockey players. Yeah. And that's doing things right. Uh, I was really hoping the Edstrom kid would last until 35 and be a Blackhawk. It would have been a perfect pick at 35. Uh, he went to Vegas, and the, I don't know how to say his name, the Gol Yigagavev. Gagagavev? Gagagavev. Golgavev? Something like that, yeah. He's, he, he might be one of my new favorite prospects. That kid came down the stairs smiling. He seemed just genuinely excited to be there. Yeah, and... Again, he was ranked like 30 for the elite prospects, but <clears throat> a solid, solid pick. And again, a team that understands that you look for the talent that is there at the end of that round. Mm-hmm. Um, Avalanche have a lot of good defensemen. You know, two very young defensemen that are really good. And they don't look at it as, okay, we're going to stand pat in that position. They went and grabbed another one who could be a very good defenseman. So you can't ever have too many good defensemen. You can't, but um, <laughs> I mean, some teams end up turning around and reaching for their position of need, which would bring us to your Blackhawks, where you know the slight thought process is at nineteen. See if I can pull up our little more boy. Where's the more? 126. There we go. <coughs> um, he's 5'11", 180. 
little bit on the small side for a centerman. You've already got a little bit on the small side as the centerman is Bedard. Um, so, you know, there's the possibility that you decide, listen, <coughs> we can't take another small centerman. You know, we need to go big. But I like what the Hawks did is they took the best player available. And, uh, you know, for you guys uh, just starting out watching the game or, or anybody who's been watching in a long time, you've got Frank Nazar and you have Oliver Moore, almost the same size. There is no guarantee that either one of them will play center in the NHL. Right. They could easily go to the wing. But they're both fast as hell. And Moore is fast as hell, and he uses his speed in all areas of the ice. He uses his speed defensively and offensively, which why I was thrilled to get him. But again, they, you know, some people would think, no, you've got to go with the big centerman. You can find big centermen that you can play as your second-line center if you've got the other talented players. Michael Hanzus is a prime example of that. Love the Hanzus. So, um... I don't know uh, I don't think anything else that you want to talk uh, My Tanner Mullendyke went early to Nashville. Very upset about that. Who's a really smooth skating and unbelievably smart defensive defenseman who can easily jump up on the play. Uh, Musty was another one who went 26 who was earmarked for the Hawks also. Um, but for the most part, I mean, that first... Well, that first round is deep. I think my my biggest surprise, but not I am surprised, but I'm not surprised, is Crystal dropping out of the first round completely. I'm not surprised in the sense that there were serious rumors of one an attitude issue, two and skating problems. But at the same time, I know he was projected to go in the teens like the mid-teens of the first round, so I was surprised that, you know, he dropped out completely. Let's, uh, let's pull him up for a quick second. Uh, hi, Aki Aiku. Q, they call him an ankle breaker here. They say the problem with Crystal is when his lows sink into the earth's core. When he's bad, he's really bad. Mm. There's no beating around the bush with this stuff. His motor comes and goes at his whims. There's no willingness to contribute even as much as is a minimal <laughs> effort in the defensive zone, regardless of the skates or the scores. Even when the points are there, it often <laughs> left our scouts, want, scouts wanting more. So he's a Trevor Zegers. Uh, in affection, punt management, tunnel vision. With him, that's my biggest concern. Is they've got concerned about his skating, but also the tunnel vision. I worry about a player who just thinks he's going to do everything on his own. And uh, I don't think vision can be completely taught. I think you understand the game and understand the players around you. So. As I've stated, I want no part of him. I mean, right. if he's there at 40-40, you take him. Now, maybe. Come 35, who 
is your pick well, for tomorrow morning. Well, tomorrow. I know by the time this comes out, it'll already be... It will have um, already happened. It will already have happened. And but. we'll all say, oh my God, that crusty old guy knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple for me. Um, we talked about how we got the more kid who's maybe a little bit on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. I've got two centermen that are bigger. Yeah. I've got Danny Nelson, who is 6'3", about 205, left-handed defenseman from the USA program. He should be there. And you have the kid from the T-Birds. How do you say Grayson his last Grayson Sachin. Grayson Sachin, who again is only 5'11". So maybe not completely big, but... He's another really good centerman. And he's another one that chases everything all around. So um, definitely two centermen that could easily fill your third-line center. I believe Nelson, surrounded by the, the proper players, could also be a number two center. I mean, if you were going to put him at center and have Nazar on his wing, I, I think you would be fine as him have being a second line center mm -hmm. so I that's where I'm going with the 35th pick I'm trying to look at from some centermen with some size nice so um you know which brings us to to the rest of the draft for the Hawks is you know when they actually decide to start stocking a tiny bit on right-handed defensemen I don't know exactly when you do that. Um, I would assume your last couple second round picks, you, you just take the best defenseman available and and you see how he, how he plays out. I mean, there's guys that should be there that might be okay. Um, but most of my defensemen that I kind of liked are already gone. gone. Um, the one that's uh, up and down on the boards is the Lucas Dragovic. That was going to be my, if he's there. So I'm, I'm with you on the Sachin. But I also wouldn't mind them going for a D-man in the second round. I do like him. I also think, you know... You, we were blessed. This Kyle Davidson was blessed with Olive Moore dropping. You got two slam dunk forwards in the first round. Doesn't hurt to pick up a D man in the second. No, it doesn't. No, there's a there's a lot of upside to him. He's he's a bigger guy. Supposed to have a hell of a shot from the point. Um, the one thing I've noticed about watching. Uh, Core in the playoffs is Core did not have a hell of a slap shot from the point. He had a nice little wrister, but again, the team he was on, he wasn't asked to shoot from the point. He had too many playmakers. He was in a distributor mode more. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a high ceiling for the drag. I know a I couple like people him. I know that that really like him as a player. Um. And if he's there in the 40s, I take him. Because, um, you know, at that point in time, you start looking for for guys with a higher ceiling. Mm -hmm. You know, it might just, it might not pan out. 
or it might. So that's just my take. I don't know if you want to go over stuff in the later second rounds. We kind of already did that, right? We already from did that, standpoint. and uh, we yeah, we did that from a hawk standpoint, and I'll pr and I'll probably talk about that in our one that comes out at the end of the weekend, and I'll kind of recap like the rest of the draft for the Hawks. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely be down for Sachin. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd be down for the drag. Um, it's time for a D man, especially cause you know, I feel like the Hawks have D men in the pipeline, but it's a lot of D men that are expected to make the jump or if they can't make the jump in the next couple of years then they will be flipped and traded i feel like it's time to start looking at demon that might you know be in the stage after core and allen make the transition who else are you work who else are you looking at similar to you know if they pick up the herbala as a goaltender you know of course, we have Mrazic, Soderbloom, Camasso, Stauber kind of set up. But who else do you have? Who do you have in college? Who do you have in juniors right now in terms of goalies or in terms of defensemen that are kind of going to be that after this current wave gets their shot? Because I think if this past two years, as well as Corey Crawford getting injured taught any Blackhawk fan anything is you can never have too many goaltenders in the pipeline because at some point in time the shit could hit the fan and you're kind of stuck yeah and uh you know we can talk about Goldies for a tiny bit there's the Habrala kid who I like and again it, it probably comes down to he's 6'6 mm -hmm. he's huge Gives him the ability to look over screens. Also gives him the ability when he goes down on his his legs, which you watch any goaltender, once the shit hits the fan and, any, and the puck's anywhere close to them, everybody goes down on their knees. Yeah. A big 6'6 six, six guy, there's less space upstairs to beat him. And uh, is me and you talk about... A little bit before <laughs> Trey Augustine, the draft, draft <laughs> start, the draft started. You know, we talked about the Trey Augustine kid, and I'm like, Angela was talking about who the the Carolina Hurricanes because they need a, they definitely also need a goaltender in the pipeline. Right, but you were also wondering um, with the USA development, who do they play? Mm -hmm. And as I as I told you, well, one of the teams they play was the Chicago Steel. I love the Chicago Steel. And uh, what's, how do you say that kid's name? Macklin Celebrini, your projected first overall pick for the 2024 NHL draft. But I believe Celebrini put five on Trey Augustine. And then Angela looked up both games against the Steel Augustine played. And he got a... He let in seven one game and five the other. <coughs> and right. you figure that Celebrini was a decent portion of that because Celebrini is the or was the top guy for the Chicago Steel. Right. But again, Augustine's he's played against top top talent. He mm -hmm. was your your goaltender for Team USA. 
uh, at the World Juniors. He was also your goaltender for the under-18 tournament, which he played really well in. And I believe he's also the world in the World Junior Summer Showcase at the end of July as well. Yes. And you'll get, uh, I believe we get three Blackhawks in that or something. Mm-hmm. Well, depends on how many we picked <laughs> tomorrow. So that's... That's about all the goaltender stuff yep. we can talk about. Uh, again, you can't have too many of them. You don't know how all that's mm-hmm. going to play out. So, you know, in these later rounds, you start you start looking for stuff, you know, as we discussed, with a high ceiling. Yeah. So. All right, let's move a little bit away from the draft and okay. to kind of... So, this Saturday is July 1st, first day of free agency kind of what if we think the Hawks might be doing anything you know they just signed or they just got Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno from the Boston Bruins in exchange for Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula they signed Foligno to a is it a one-year four million dollar contract yeah that's some good money very good money. Definitely some leadership, veteran leadership in the locker room. Do we see the Blackhawks kind of doing anything else this weekend? Maybe. And also, you know, there's plenty of free agents that the Hawks have, or at least ones where the Hawks have to give them qualifying offers. What do we think in terms of if we think we're getting anything, getting rid of anybody? Uh. Well, we can we can first discuss the the trade. Um, I know. love it. Yeah, um, um, Hall's not what he used to be, um, but he still has top six capabilities. He's still a premier offensive player. So, so you you give Bedard somebody to play with, which mm-hmm. I think is very important in Flamingo. I he he gives you a veteran presence that can tackle the press. You're looking uh, to make things easier on Bedard because, um, you know, the press is going to be, uh, they're going to want every little piece of this guy. And um, it's easy now through an 82-game season when you're losing a lot of games. That's rough on an 18-year-old to be asked the same questions. When are you going to win and everything? Yeah. You know, a good veteran will understand and tell the press, well, you come talk to me. You know, and uh, you have that ability in a locker room with beat reporters to kind of explain to them that you want them, you want them to lay off the kid a little bit. He'll get his point across. Yeah. Um, as far as um, players, you know, the number one guy that everybody talks about is Domi coming back. I I I don't see it happening, but if it did, I would be thrilled. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, players like, like Max, you're now in the mid, the upper 20s. This is your contract. This, this is the big one. This is your moneymaker. This is how you're setting yourself up for the rest of your life. So you got to you, be smart about it. Yeah, you want term. And, um, you know, Kyle's made his job a little bit easier in explaining to basically the league what he's looking at from free agents. And I don't think he's looking at anything past three years. So that limits you to what you want to do. But if you're a player who doesn't go Saturday, say, 
you know, when you, when your big names are going to go, then you start to think, number one, the Hawks will overpay you because they have tons of cap money. Yeah. Now... Was it you, six mil until we hit the floor? Yeah, until they hit the floor. So you can make good money on a year contract, hopefully get moved to a contender and shine, and then sign another contract. Those are going to be the players that you're looking at. You're, you're hoping to find somebody who is not a top six player on any like contending. cup content, yeah, on any contending team. But he could play top six on your Chicago Blackhawks because there's just not a lot there. So, um, kind of like in reverse when you know Stahlberg was on like our third or fourth. And then he was in the first over in the Rangers. And that's how you knew the Rangers were kind of in trouble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that's what they'll be looking at. You won't be looking at any building black pieces. Number one, this this uh, UFA class isn't all that dynamic to begin with. And, and probably the best player was just taken off the board by the Golden Knights. So, um Barbashev. Yeah, I don't think you'll see much. Um, they have the ability to make a trade <coughs> if they want to for somebody with maybe a couple years left. Um, but there, there probably ain't going to be a lot of... I can't imagine any action on Saturday. Unless... Can you unless imagine action like uh, any of our people going? Any of our people going, well, we, we know Caleb won't be given a qualifying offer. Bork, they've already said, won't be giving a qualified offer. Wagner. Cara. I don't think they qualify her, they, him. They don't qualify Cara. So there's a couple spots to fill that you'd want, like, NHL players. I, I don't think you bring up, like, a Colton Dock and play him in the NHL. I think you Gosh, you leave I him, hope not. You leave him in Rockford for a couple years. Yeah. You leave your other two kids down there for a couple years at least. EDM and uh, Allen. So um, maybe they go for a defenseman um, who's just going to eat up some minutes and stuff. Is there anybody that you see coming out of Rockford right now potentially taking one of those open spots for like a UFA that they're not going to be giving a qualifying offer to. God, it's it's really sad, but no. There's nobody. I mean, Rockford got, you know, they won their three-game series, but then got bounced in the what is basically considered the first round. There's just not that much talent there. You've got Gutman, who we kind of liked, but he's still, Gutman's 24, 25. He's not a kid. Um you know, the, the, the I don't first... think you're looking for kids. I think you've got plenty of kids. You need a little bit. You need that 24-25. <coughs> you don't need the, you know, players that are on their last year of playing and then the babies. You've got to have some in-between guys. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think Gutman will, will have a spot there. You know, the, the, the other guy that we've talked a lot about in the last couple of years has been Templey, who just, just has never been able to make the jump. Um He's Was Templey a, a Bowman guy? Yeah, Templey was a Bowman guy. Do you think like this was his potential? Or do you think 
he no. fell into kind of a similar Ian Mitchell situation where you know he he got rushed. No, I, I Templey spent all his time basically in Rockford. Um, the scary part with that is I don't think Templey developed at all. Mm-hmm. He kind of stayed the same player, gave you occasional glimpses, and that was about it. Um, Mitchell, I think, just he's a tweener, and I think the NHL game is just too big for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a great kid and everything, but. Yeah, as far as forward depth, there's... There's nothing. There's, you know, when, when, when you heard everybody saying the cupboards were bare, the cupboards were really bare. Um, you know, so you had Reichel down there. Uh, God, I, I might be missing somebody, but I don't, I don't think there's a forward that you look at going, yeah, definitely him. You had the other local kid. Who was the other kid who came up for a little bit? And then he had surgery also. Gust? Yeah, Gust. Who, again, he could be a placeholder. Yeah, maybe he could come in and, 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 just... ta- and take one of those bottom six spots. He has enough talent to maybe play on your second line. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, yeah, there, there, there's nothing there. So, I don't, you know, the objective is to start to move all these kids through Rockford. And hopefully in two years, Rockford has a great team, and then we start making our big push so you know as far as Saturday I'd be shocked if they signed anybody to any decent contract so but what do I know I'm just a crusty old man crusty old guy our Mm -hmm. favorite so what else did we have to discuss this evening those were those those were the big ones I was trying to keep it light in case we yeah, maybe people a bit. will listen if it's not, you know, close to an hour. I get where you're coming from, you know. Well, we we really don't need a ton of topics to just talk. It's no, not no. like when I do these shows by myself and I got to learn how to ramble for 45 minutes. Well, Krusty will try to be here with you, you know, because, you know, Krusty really, you know, he's just an old guy with not much of a life. Watch around talking to himself, so. <laughs> If you can talk to somebody else on occasions, that's so, a good thing. If you see somebody in the 300 level of the United Center talking to themselves, it's probably crusty old guy. Yep, very well could be. So, anything else? I don't think so. I'm excited to see what tomorrow um, holds. If they have any questions for oh, us. Oh, yeah. So, little, little updates. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can... Or e- you just want to say that this show sucks. Yeah, I'll take that too. Yeah, you can email at the Hockey Princess at Gmail, or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Hockey Princess Podcast. Feel free to send in all of your questions, comments, concerns, general excitement about this season and about Connor Bedard. We'll accept it all. Yes, well, uh, as I'm trying to explain to people, uh, you know, temper your expectations. That's going to be a long season again. Doesn't mean we can't be excited. No, that Crusty 90, old guy. Last that, year was so bad. No, that 98 guy is going to excite you. All <coughs> I'm asking is to not lose to St. Louis 6-1 to one again. I hear you. All I'm asking is to not lose, to not see an Ovechkin hat trick and him break the record. Yeah. That, or for our goaltender to pass Ovechkin the puck so then he can score. I'm excited for 
bottom of the barrel stuff. Yeah, well, I'd like to see a team that has a five goal lead with 10 minutes to go, not give it all up and lose to the Dallas Stars too. That is true. That is true. So um, either way, you know that uh, the kid that you got tonight will Change entertain you everything. for a long, long time. We love it. We do. All right. So like I said, Hockey Princess at Gmail, or you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Hockey Princess Podcast. And like I said, I will probably have another episode out at the big end of the weekend, recapping, you know, the end of the draft. And if anything happens free agency wise, but probably not that more draft stuff. And then we'll finally get on to topics that are not the NHL draft. So thanks for listening, you guys.